Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Hey, Kate. Yes? Guess what this is? Uh, Monday. Yes. <laughs> Guess what this also is? Hot. Yes. <laughs> Guess what the third thing might be? It's the 100th episode. It's the 100th episode. <laughs> episode number 100. And to celebrate, I got a cold. Oh. In my nose. You know, I was I was two seconds away of going, congratulations. And now I'm just going to. I was actually uh, going to. Yeah. I was I'll, actually going to. Okay. Pump. There, fist we, pump go. there. there we go. All I right. was thinking of sneezing on your mic to share the love. Yeah, that's all right. And then I decided not to because I'm not the sharing type. Thank you. But yes, yeah, so I have a lovely summer cold, but nothing will stop us from celebrating one zero zero. Yes. 100 episodes. Yeah. 100 children's books. We've been doing this for about two years now. And here's the crazy thing. We've been doing it for two years. We've covered many of the major famous children's books because what what do we do on this podcast, Kate? We talk about little people books. Yes, actually, we do. We talk about little people books and whether they are good little people books or bad little people books. And in all the episodes that we've done, 100 we haven't even scratched the surface of how many there are. There are so many left to do. I will take your word for it. Believe me, Missy. But we have covered a lot of the major contenders, I would say. Sure. A lot of the big, the big wigs, yeah, if you yeah, will. Like the, the ones uh, that people talk about. The wild things, caterpillar, Caterpillar, good night, moon, with the... That's really the top three. Pigeons and... Oh, I hate that pigeon. Uh, but one we have not covered that I have actually kind of avoided because it is so difficult to do in some ways. But I decided that for number 100, we had to do it. Shall I pull it out? Okay. Okay. Cat in the hat. All right. So this is... Arguably, and there are many Dr. Seuss's to choose from, but this is arguably the best-known Dr. Seuss book, I would say. Would you Would you agree? Yeah. Yes. That or the Green Eggs and Ham. Yeah, or the Grinch. Or Horton Hatch. He did a lot of famous. Okay. He had a lot of famous Grinch. things. Grinch and yeah. all sorts of things. So what you're going to do is you're going to take this book, you're going to read this book, and we're going to talk about it. Okay. All right. While Kate does her read of Let's Talk Cats and Hats. Specifically, let's talk about the absolutely terrible movie that Mike Myers did back in the day. Uh, You may have blocked it from your brain, uh, which was the wise course of action. For a while there, uh, Dr. Seuss movies were coming out left, right, and central, and they were pretty universally awful when they involved live people. Now, you might say to yourself, Oh, well, thank goodness our our national nightmare is over. I would like to point out um, that in 2012, they announced that there would be a new Cat in the Hat movie. 
it being 2019 now, clearly that didn't happen. Uh, however, do not celebrate so soon. In 2018, another new one was announced. And from the announcements, it sounds like uh, it'll be a lot like that Grinch movie that came out recently with Benedict Cumberbatch. So if you liked that, you have a reason to celebrate. If you didn't like that, you don't. And we're back. Yes. Hello. Hello. You have a book. I do. It involves a cat. It does. Wearing a chapeau. You know what he's also wearing, Betsy? What's he wearing? He's wearing gloves. He's wearing white gloves. Yeah, he is. You know what professions require white gloves? Oh, all kinds of professions, my dear. There's top three, I'm going to say, in my opinion. The medical industry. Mm. Archivists. Mm. And the Carol Bell people who go to the dong. I did not think you were going to go Carabelle with number three. Yes. Carabelle was not. I, I'm, I'm admiring you for the archivist. Thank you. I but mean, not what, the Carabelle. I mean, so he's got to be one of those three professions. Oh, we will have a long talk about those gloves later, but let's continue with your thing first. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. for people who have listened to the podcast for a while, they know that I sometimes have a tattoo that I would put... Pick that is from true. the book. That is true. And from this book, it is on the very first page. What? Yeah. What? The very first page. Not the not the not the title page. No, not the not title, the title page. page. The very first page. It's a it's a thing. It's in the tree. In the tree. Yes. And he is being splattered on his head by rain. He is the saddest bird in the world. Yeah. Yep. And that's my tattoo. Your tattoo is the saddest bird in the world I mean, and the saddest not, tree that ever existed? I think he's sad. I think he's very frustrated. Or he's just had one of those days and he's just kind of yeah. resigned. To no, the that is how he looks. He's like, Ugh, that's just perfect. That's That would be the thought bubble coming out of his head. Like, that's just perfect. Yeah, so that's my yeah. tattoo. Okay. We'll put that that's up on Instagram. That's a miserable tattoo. I know. <laughs> so, so sad. So a stranger barges into this house. Yeah, can I just say, this is a part of a long-standing tradition of home invasions mm. in children's literature. Pierre, he, where he's eaten by a lion. Oh, yeah. Tiger, who came to tea. Uh-huh. But both of those came out after but Mr. Cat a Hat. But the tiger knocked on the door. The tiger did knock on the door. The lion probably barged in. Because it was a feline. Right. They're all three felines. You ever notice that? Felines just barge right into your home. Yeah, this uh-huh. was, there was Eat a all bump, your stuff. and then all of a sudden, this cat walks through the mat. This is why you lock your doors I, when your I children my notes. are home Why wasn't alone. the door locked? Where are the parents? Which we kind of find What out. kind of babysitter is this fish if he doesn't even lock the door? That's what I'm just saying. I don't think the fish is a babysitter. Like, clearly the fish is the babysitter. No, he's no. not a good babysitter. No, no, no. He's not a babysitter. He's the voice of the parents. What, he's like Jiminy Cricket in fish form? Yes. Cool. Question mark. I like that. So, where are the parents? Oh, the mom's out. Well, yeah, she's out. But this is what I call... We never see that. Stranger freaking danger. Yeah. This, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this, I agree. I agree. Not cool, man. No, and they're not cool with it either. Nor is the fish. I feel like, you know, the, the fish is the one saying, no, no, you can get out of here. This is what I think is the voice of adults reading oh, yeah, this yeah. book. Well, adults and children like me that um, feared authority figures and really identified with the fish. I, as a child, liked Bert out of Bert and Ernie. I preferred the fish to the cat. Do you see a pattern here? Sort of. Isn't it weird? Because I'm not the order Muppet here, and yet I gravitate towards order. Because hmm. I fear Because authority. you want it I, in your I, life, and yet you don't have it? Yes, child. <laughs> Let me tell you about when I was five. 
So, moving on. Moving on. Um, so the cat is like, no, we can have all sorts of fun. Let's, I'm going to do all sorts of I crazy. I admire his chutzpah. Crazy stuff. Look, I'm going to. I'm going to balance on a ball, and I'm going to hold on to a book, and I'm going to put a cup on my head, and then all of a sudden I'm going to put a cake on my head. Okay, really, this cat... There's a cake in the second cat in the hat book, too. What is it with this house and cake? I think this cat is just... Pink cake, too. He's just desperate for attention. I mean... What what gave it away? And and why is he trying to impress, like, six-year-olds? Uh, well, literally, there's the only people who are looking at him right now are six-year-olds. But why would he try and impress... I guess everyone else locked their front door, Kate. And the more he goes on and on, where where we've got the page where he's got, like, the ship and the books and the fan. The fan. He says, look at me. Look at me. Look at me now. (laughs) He's just so desperate. It is fun to have fun, but you have to know how. I mean. He's very Willy Wonka. Have you ever noticed that? He's, like, super Willy Wonka. I don't know. Like, I'm totally in charge. I'm totally not in charge. Or you could, or this could be like a horror movie. Oh, easily. Well, I think the Mike Myers movie was a horror movie. Look at me now. (laughs) Oh wait, don't you remember somebody did combine the It trailer with uh with the the, the Mike Myers Cat in the Hat trailer? I will totally put that in the show notes because because this gets scary. Yeah. Well, (laughs) just imagine like that Mike Myers Cat face coming out of a sewer, and then you can yeah. Yeah. But this and again, this is where it could be a horror story because after the fish is like. You need to go. The cat goes, I will not go away. <laughs> the knot is like, all I caps. will show you another good game that I know. See, that, that's completely at odds with like what he looks like. Though. I mean, you know, you have him saying that, and then he's like, bear, 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 bear. Yeah, yeah, no, this is creepy. I mean, is this saw? Because I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what are saw's favorite colors? Oh, red, red and white, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so then the cat's like, Oh, don't worry. We're gonna. I'm gonna bring out some more fun that you guys are really going to enjoy. So yeah. he brings in this Not giant red crate, which he manages to get through the door. Which, as a person who has attempted to get couches into tiny apartment uh, doors, yeah, I appreciate this in a weird way. I I'm mean, like, I would totally have that cat help me move. Although there he were... would break everything, but he could carry it all by himself. And then in this box is. Thing one and thing two. Yeah. Which I always see at Halloween. People will dress up as yeah, thing one. Yeah, people thing really two. like dressing up like thing one and thing two. Why? Um, because they get to wear blue wigs and wear uh, pajamas. Who doesn't want to wear pajamas? Can you on imagine holidays? a sexy thing one? And you sexy... know they exist. I... There is sexy cat in the hat. So easily. Progressively, the the brother slash narrator of this story who has no name. Right. Sally's got a name. Yeah, but he's the narrator, and he wouldn't yeah. call himself by his own name. No, this is also the problem. We haven't done it yet, but this is also the problem with Green Eggs and Ham. Oh. It's like, who, 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 who's the hero of that book? Well, he's progressively getting, like, more and more angry, because you can tell by his eyebrows. Yeah. I think it's the point when Sally gets clotheslined by the kite. Yeah, dude, that looks like it hurt. Yeah, when... when, when like, it, cut across when, her poor little tummy. Yeah, and then when you, like... Double... Yeah, you know, like, when you're trying to leave the Ooh. library, but you've accidentally stolen a book, and then you're, like, you're trying to get through the thing, and it just hits you in the gut? You remember that? No. Yeah, that's a thing. That used to be a thing. I don't think they do it as much now, but... Yeah. Super hurts. Okay. So anyway. you can't steal the book. And so he finally gets fed up, right? And the kids like oh, and the mom is coming. So the fish is trying like telling the kids, hey The fish who apparently doesn't need water. He's what? now evolved. 
He's leapt oh, no, no, out no. of the pot. Right, yeah. He's yeah. jumped out of the pot that had water to get yeah. his two seconds of, like, of wording that's like, hey, think of something fast. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. Mom's coming. Like, so, I have now climbed the evolutionary ladder just to yell at you closer. And the brother has this, like, butterfly net. Everybody owns a butterfly net. Didn't we learn that from uh, Sam and the Firefly? Yeah, apparently that's... Everyone's got a butterfly net stashed in the back room somewhere. Right. They're super helpful. Yeah, when you need to catch random Not only does he things. catch things, he catches two at one time. I mean, they were at the same place at the same time. They were, but so... I still think that's pretty impressive. But what I like is that... Because he's way over here. Progressively, just like with caps for sale, Ken the Hat goes from having gloves to having mittens. <laughs> yeah, I've never noticed that before. Yeah. Oh, that's but, weird. It, and then it, 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 he, just, he just... Now they're mittens. And now they're mittens. Were they really gloves at the start? Well, look at the they had look at the front cover. They only had he only has three fingers apparently. Well, he's got a thumb and oh whoa three wait the cover he's got a whole bunch of fingers. Yeah, he's got a three fingers and a thumb. That's really disturbing. But here he has mittens. I don't even know how to explain so he, this. So he carries the uh, maybe when he went and got the box he switched into mittens splinters. <laughs> what? Not good for the patty paws of his paws. <laughs> right. It's Widow Patty Paws. Widow Patty Paws. What kind of monster would want to have splitters in the patty paws of a kitty? We call them the jelly beans. Yeah. So. Oh, they do look like jelly beans. Yeah, so mm. so he's very sad that he has to take away things. I don't know, he doesn't look that sad there. He more looks like. He looks a little peeved. He looked sad in the previous picture, but in this yeah. one, he's kind of like. like Because he, <laughs> he's stopping all their fun. He's like, hmm. But then he's happy to come back. And, like, help clean up the place. Does he have multiple personalities? Oh, yeah. No, he's, he, he's clearly needs a little lithium or something. I don't know. I he's, want to know what, like, not... a psychologist think of this book. Like, how, what would they diagnose the cat in the hat I with? I would really be interested in that. I don't know. But the way he can change his attitude is very quick. Yeah. Which is interesting. Well, he gets to ride a cool, cool machine. I would cheer up if I got to ride a cool machine. And then at the very end, so he brings in his machine, he cleans up the house, and then at the very end, mom comes home and she's like, oh, tell me, what did you- Wearing killer shoes. Can we just talk about mom's shoes? Mom's shoes. Can't see anything except mom, except her calf, her gams and her shoes. It's a nice looking calf, I'm just saying. And then she says, so what'd you guys do for fun? And the very end of the book says, well, what would you do if your mother asked you? It's a legit question. Eh, you could tell her, and you, we, you could well, t- mom. In spite of the fact that you told us to lock the door, we didn't. And then a huge human-sized cat came in, destroyed the home, rejiggered it, and went out. A, she's not going to believe you. B, if she does believe you, then you get grounded for not locking for no, door. No, no. So he, well, here's what I was thinking: is that you could tell her, and she's going to think you have just a wild imagination. But if you, oh, but okay. if you just said someone came into the house, right? She would be petrified yeah. and angry and curious and scared and she would just be so full of emotion that she'd be like I, so wh- oh man recently somebody wrote an article online which was from the point of view of the mom answering all the questions like yes i'm supposed to be the world's worst mother because i left a fish as a babysitter for my children but look you don't know what i'm going through here and then it's her whole justification i will link to that in the show notes i should have remembered to do it today and i didn't and i feel bad now because i kind i kind of feel for that mom in some ways all right so 
Uh, there is there is a legend around the creation of this book that turns out not so much to be true. So Crack.com years ago had this whole story about like, oh, well, see, there was this article called Why Johnny Can't Read. And, uh, and it, it, was, uh, it was analyzing the fact that, that kids' books at the time that taught kids how to read were boring. And it was all Dick and Jane, and Dick and Jane are not very interesting. So basically, Dr. Seuss was challenged to, with a list of 300 words that kids um, would help kids practice phonics. This is the legend, by the way. Uh, and he was told, make a book out of these 300 words. Uh, and he did it after nine months. He had a book that was 1,702 words long with only 220 unique words in it. And it rhymed and had a memorable character and all that. Okay. So I put this on my blog. I was like, because this book uh, was on my blog at one point. And Phil Nell, the guy behind... The Annotated Cat in the Hat. So he wrote to me, and he was like, uh, the folks at Cracked have their facts a bit cracked. So, first of all, it was a book called Why Johnny Can't Read. There was probably, they got it probably mixed up with, there was an article called Why Do Children Bog Down on First R? The final book has 236 words, not 220. He said that the, the, artic, the Cracked article had so many things wrong with it, it was sort of like... The author was working from memory, but as Mark Twain said, over 50% of what you read on the internet is false. Ah, you see what he did there? That's, you see what he did? Very good. That's a not false good. true statement. All right, so now I'm going to blow everything you've ever thought about this cat out of the water. Because remember that one Dr. Seuss book we did, If I Ran the Zoo? The racist one. Yeah, remember that one? Yeah. Well, right now, we're living in a time where... I try to explain this to my daughter. When I explain to my daughter, I'm like, Kid, humans like things to be very simple. We don't like complex anything. And if things can be, like, black or white, we're very happy with that. When things get complicated, we kind of react. And this is especially true when it happens to affect children's books and racism. So, remember that Phil Nell guy? Yeah. That Phil Nell guy wrote a book called Was the Cat in the Hat Black? Now, before we react, this book talks about the origins of this book. Here's the facts of the matter. Dr. Seuss was riding the elevator up to Do uh, William Spaulding, the director of Houghton Mifflin's uh, office. He was brought up by what he described to his biographers as an elegant petite woman who wore white gloves and a secret smile, the elevator operator. The elevator operator, which they didn't, he did not mention. I did not include that in my professions at Where No, you did not. And the elevator operator was black. Now, there is a long-standing history of, well, I believe White Christmas, right? Is that the one where, that's where the sisters song comes from, yeah. right? Is that the one where at some point they're like, let's put on a minstrel show. Minstrel show. Well, it's, it's a song that they sing. Yeah, it's a song that they sing. But the yeah. whole minstrel thing was super popular with white people. super dee duper dee popular. They loved the stuff. And the what were the tropes of the minstrel? Uh, the, the top hat, often multicolored. The bow tie. The umbrella. Um, these were all very regular tropes. Now, Dr. Seuss had a nasty history of incredibly racist stuff. Now, he got better 
um, over time. Yes. But as uh, Phil points out in this lovely book, he had written an article against racist humor where he was talking about the fact that um, healthy, silly, friendly laughter is smothered when your laughs are against like whole groups of people. Now, at the same time he was doing that, he was making that book, If I Ran the Zoo. <laughs> so the fact of the matter is that the cat was probably not intended to be a minstrel character in any way, shape, or form, but was using a lot of the same tropes, was inspired by a black woman operating an elevator, and there's all this stuff here that kind of like bogs down the doggone book. So you might be like, but it's a beloved book, and we all love it, and why should we even think about this stuff? Kids obviously don't know this stuff, and I would agree. Yes, obviously kids aren't going to pick up on that stuff, but when you see a black kid wearing a cat-in-the-hat hat, you now have this moment of like, okay. So the argument is, why do we always just do Cat in the Hat when we are teaching kids how to read? There are so many good easy books out there. And this one's got some history. Uh, so much so that Phil Nell was able to write a great big thick book on this. All right, ratings time. Right. Do you want to go first? Oh, sure, because now I've made it completely awkward. Um, okay, here's the deal. Every single person knows about Cat in the Hat. Uh, did you know Cat in the Hat before I showed it to you? Yes. Everybody knows it, but that doesn't guarantee its status worthiness. It has this complex history, thanks to Dr. Seuss's complex history, because things are complicated, and complicated is not fun, but it's there. Do I think every single school child in the entire world should read it? We got a lot of really good easy books these days. The cat himself I find interesting, but then when you realize that as an agent of chaos, he's very much like those minstrel characters as they were played in the thing. Due to the fact I cannot decide, five. Too funny, because that's what I gave it. Oh, crap. Because I... <laughs> that, Actually, that's a fair, though, I think. Yeah, so yeah. I like how it teaches kids to r rhyme words like now and bow. Yeah. bow could also be bow. Right. And Not a long it's, o. It's important to teach kids, like, context and how one the same word can be said multiple ways. Yep. Um, I like the simple colors. I like that he's a troublemaker and not a brat. Yes. Um, and I think kids probably understand how ridiculous the cat is. Mm -hmm. And it's a fun story, but yeah, I'm with the fish on this. And total stranger. Two fish. And total stranger danger. And total stranger danger. But I think it does. No, it's stranger walking into your home type danger. But I think it does accomplish a lot, but I'm not like a huge fan of it. Sure. So I'm like down the middle because I can see the pros. It's not my top suits. I, I mean, obviously I can definitely see the cons. Right. And, and which are valid. Sure. And, but if it can be a teaching moment, just like we right. said with, uh, Oh yeah. If it, could, if it could be, yes. If, if it was, can make if it, it into it a, a teaching, teaching moment. moment. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm kind of down the middle. Yep. So. I am down the middle as well. So it is a, a? main classic do we have music for that when we have that on the on the thing? I what can, would that be? It's not I, a want want I would wah. just do the two sound bites on top of each other, and it would sound like this. <laughs> like that? Yeah. 
Excellent. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Letters time. Beep, 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 beep. Jerry Griswold wrote in on our George and Martha post. Ah. And he had a link. So he didn't really write in. He just had a link to his uh, article that he wrote on Medium about James Marshall. And the name of the article, by the way, was James Marshall, We Love You. I will include that in the show notes. Uh, he writes the following. This is, it was a large article, but I want to just pluck out one little thing because it has something to do with today's episode. He wrote, quote, and this is about James Marshall, who wrote George and Martha. My own memories, I must admit, are tinged with regret because when we first met, I was a foolish young man in my 20s who would not realize until later the riches I was being afforded. In the 1970s, Marshall was renting a room from Francelia Butler, a professor of mine living in Mansfield Hollow, Connecticut. I got to know him in that way. One time, I gave him a lift back to Boston. Another time, we spent a week together in San Diego where, among other things, he deliciously gossiped about his and Sendak's visit to the home of Dr. Seuss, Ted Geisel. That's cool. He says nothing else about this visit. Maybe he doesn't want to. Clearly. Then in the comments on, on that blog, I was like, may I, may I learn more, please, about the visit of Sendek and James Marshall to Ted, Ted Geisel's house? That's pretty nothing. cool. He said nothing. Also, writing in, Stephanie, the third sister, wrote in, and she alerted me to an article. The article is called, The Tiger Who Came to Tea Earns Stripes with an All-Star Cast. Here's what it says. The latest classic kids book inspired animated special from Lupus Films is ready to roar uh, with the reveal of an all-star voice cast. The Tiger Who Came to Tea, adapted from the book by Judith Kerr, OBE, who sadly died in May, is a half-hour family TV movie for Channel 4 to debut this Christmas in the UK. Benedict Cumberbatch, Tamson Grieg, uh, David Williams, and Paul Whitehouse will portray the familiar characters of Daddy, Mummy, Tiger, Narrator, and Milkman. <laughs> Apparently Milkman got his star way up there Interesting. in this one. Respectively, while seven-year-old newcomer Clara Ross makes her TV debut as Sophie. Oh, so there you go. Benedict Cumberbatch coming up twice because we mentioned him with the Grinch movie earlier. We can bring him up every episode. I'd be okay with that. I bet you would. <laughs> Grown-up things we like. Right. Right. So I am suggesting a new game. Okay. This is from the creators of Organ Attack, which if you haven't bought Organ Attack, please do. Yeah. You will thank me later. It's mm -hmm. uh, it's by, it's a cartoon called The Awkward Yeti, and this guy started making games. He started making Organ Attack. Then he made this game, Heart and Brain, and he's just come out with a Kickstarter for the next game called Anxiety, Anxiety Attack. Ooh. Which I've already paid for and will be getting in January. So, Heart and Brain. Um, it's a game where you have to collect three heart icons and three brain icons. And you have to do different things in order to get said icons. Okay. So, you could have to answer like trivia questions for brain. Or you have to do a challenge or a dare for heart. Or, you know, huh. brain, you might have to debate with another player. Ooh. So, we are going to be playing this at our next game night. Very nice. And of course, Brain has a children's book out this year, ah. uh, which I believe I showed you uh, briefly at one point. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, Heart and Brain, check it out. 
definitely check out Organ Attacks. I know I've mentioned that before. And support his Kickstarter uh, for the new game called Anxiety Attack if you suffer from anxiety, like me. Ta-da! Excellent. Yeah. Well, mine is a little more... Well, no, it's kind of broad in some ways. Uh, mine is Free Shakespeare. I like Free Shakespeare. Okay. So every year in my little town of Evanston, they do Free Shakespeare in the park. And we'd never gone. But this year they were doing Midsummer Night's Dream. They were like, what the heck? It's free. It's in the park. Take the eight-year-old. She's never seen Shakespeare. Good one to begin with is Midsummer Night's Dream. Explain the whole plot. She understood it. We went and saw it. What we did not expect was for it to be super, super good. Um, and that's always a delightful surprise. Like, it's free, so you're not expecting much. Your bar is pretty low. It was really good. And in one particular way, at the end of Midsummer Night's Dream, they put them on the play within the play, right? right? And it's terrible, right? They're terrible actors. They're doing the whole thing. Well, this production was so pared down that they only had two players, right? And um, so they, they did this brilliant thing with the wall where they grabbed Demetrius and make him play the wall. And of course, you don't like that guy anyway. So they're just like whacking like, oh, wall, oh, wall. And he's like, ah, and you're just like, yes. More of the beating up of Demetrius. <laughs> Excellent, yes. Um, and then they did something I'd never seen before, where Pyramus has died and Thisbe comes in. And Thisbe played it straight. Like, it turns out, like, that actor is really good. It's just Bottom, who's a crap actor. And Thisbe does an incredibly emotional, honestly emotional reading of the end of that play and it ends it on a completely different note where you're kind of left going huh and it was really good so, so shakespeare in the park free shakespeare two thumbs up right on all right and that's uh that's episode 100 that was episode 100 it's all downhill from here folks i know right all right cool let's do this again okay we will do this again i think we should do this again i think now that we've figured out the technology We'll we just, have the technology. Let's just get more people. Yeah, we'll just get more people. Okay. okay. Bye, y'all. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our Benedict Cumberbatch is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird. <laughs>